0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Bob.
2: Bob, how's it going, buddy? Good. How are you doing, Ryan? And I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on the show today. You're very welcome. And thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's go ahead and kind of get right into it. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located
2: at? OK, my facility name is Snap Fitness. I'm in Cory, Pennsylvania. That's C-O-R-R-Y. Just so people know that there's two R's in there. Um, we are up between Ohio and New York, right up on the lake, Lake Erie. So we're that little part of Pennsylvania that sticks up north. And so we're in a very rural community where I'm at about 6,000 people. Okay. Okay. Awesome, man. And how long have you,
1: uh, how long you guys been in business?
2: Okay. Um, Snap has been in Corey for about, we're going to say 10 years. We're coming up on our 10 year anniversary. Mm -hmm. I've owned the club uh, for the last two and a half years. Okay. The club started out as a corporate club. So they, um, Snap Fitness put all the equipment in here, set up and designed the gym. Okay. Then about five years ago, they started changing their business model and going away from corporate stores and going to a franchise base. So now I would say Snap has, in the US, Snap has more franchises than they do corporate stores but they still have both okay 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 and then i purchased this club two and a half years ago from um a guy that bought four of them in a, and um that's how i came across it okay. okay now had had you been had you wanted to own a gym or like were you really into the industry before this okay so i'm uh i'm i'm a little older And um, I'm not going to tell you how much older, but uh, (laughs) careers in my life. And most of it's worked around marketing and stuff. So, um, but I've been a workout guy for years. And I came to Snap because it was 24-7. Right. And um, so I came over as a member about five and a half years ago and started working out. And the ownership was awful there was nobody paying attention to the club the members of the club tried to help people who came in and wanted information all of that and there was just no follow-through the owners weren't interested in fitness they were just trying to buy a business gotcha all right so they don't they didn't pay a lot of bills there was a lot of talk about the club closing and I happened to be a school teacher, and I decided to take my early retirement and buy the gym to keep the gym open. So that's the purpose that I, reason why I bought the gym originally. Okay, all right. Okay. So, yeah. So with that said, I, um, I, I understood when I did it, being a businessman and being in marketing and doing that my whole life, um, I understood that buying a gym The purpose wasn't to make a huge amount of money. The purpose was to keep the gym open. Uh So because of that, I was already in a hole. Um, The gym was not making money. The gym was losing money regularly. And um, the membership was falling and the equipment was not being repaired. Got it. So with all of that, the first thing that I did was come in and repair all the equipment, um, try to um, get the membership back up a little bit, but just to have some presence in the club. And that was the first little, let's say, first six months. Yeah, yeah. Makes total sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just you being there, right? Like it kind of gives the whole place a different
2: feel, right? Right. And and so after I actually bought the gym um, four months before I retired. So I was doing two jobs at once. So my hours at the gym were after school and on weekends. So there for four months, I worked every day. And so, um, but what I watched and I had the hours posted on the door, I answered the phone, I had it forwarded to my email and stuff. And so my goal was customer service right off the bat, trying to get people taken care of and let them know there's a new owner in town and that this gym was going to stay around for a while. So my, my first year focus was on total customer service. Okay. And after I got in here full time, that became
1: evident. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So you told him basically, Hey, there's a new sheriff in town. We're not yeah. going anywhere. Right. So, right. Yeah. So when it comes to, um, all right, so you've, so you came in, you know, you definitely got customer service through the roof. So people are, people are feeling more valued. Everything's working out for them better. Like how it should have been in the first place. So what um what was the next step for you like
2: what do you do right now to get new people in the door Okay so let me let me go back to after i got my feet wet a little bit if that's okay with you sure. okay. So the next step that i did first of all they handed me the keys to the club and walked out the door I didn't even know how to use the computer system or sign anybody up I knew not. I didn't even have a password to the computer. Oh my God! Okay, so I get through that, and um, some of the other another franchise owner in um, about thirty-five miles away from here. He's actually in Erie. He actually stepped up and kind of trained me over the phone a little bit, got me going, um, sent me through some things, and then after I got my feet on the ground that way, and I'm actually here full time. I did an open house a three-day open house to tell everybody in the community that um, there was a new owner, that SNAP looked different. I had repaired some of the equipment, so that was looking better. Um, and that was successful. Th- that was the first turning point of membership because I got a lot of people that came in that started signing up. I gave away a couple of free things, um, some T-shirts and um, a couple of free memberships and stuff like that. But because I was here and I talked and connected with people, that started to turn it around. So right. then I started to, I offered a couple of classes for seniors and women at no charge. If you were a member of the club, you didn't have to pay for those classes. And if you were an outsider, it was like two or three bucks, come in and take the class. For the older seniors, I did a balance class, teaching them how to balance and exercises so that they, they did better. Then what I got them into is if they were members, I started teaching them how to do with the nautilus equipment, how to um Go ahead and do some resistance training instead of just all cardio. So now we've got, and so I trained them until they felt comfortable to train themselves. So that was my business model um, up through to COVID. Okay. Um, so what I did was I tried to make the membership value, and my PT services came at no charge. Mm-hmm. Okay again i'm 6000 people in the in the area um, my club is only 3000 square feet okay. so i'm a small little entity here i'm being that so i decided that i was going to try to go off on um, trying to help people feel better live better and then look better mm mm-hmm. And we were building a community here. And so those classes up and through COVID kind of built with the older people. I got the, the older people talking to each other, and I started bringing in a lot more silver sneakers, um, active and fit, um, um, renew and active. So I started getting some insurance money from those people and they built that community on the other side I started to reach out to the local high school and started doing training for wrestling football and stuff on that and I have trainers in here training those kids and that is at no charge other than the charge of a membership Mm -hmm. so basically my model during those times were Tried to build the membership and make the membership the focus of the money and um, and add the value there. So that seemed to really work. So then COVID hit. Yeah. And um, I had to close for two months. So I, you know, moved things around, painted, refreshed a little bit, did some corporate stuff. And then after COVID, classes were hard to do. Absolutely. Um, people, and my room for classes is so small that you couldn't get two or three people in it with six feet distance. yeah, yeah so i've uh, I didn't lose any membership money. My classes weren't bringing in really much of anything at that point. Mm-hmm. So this year, I decided, after about seven months since Covid hit and we reopened, I decided to turn that aerobic room into a power circuit room Mm -hmm. so what i got going in there is i have a tire flip okay a rack which is like you know just like you have a cage yeah yeah i have two battle ropes i have a deadlift station and i have um a hack squat in there and that is the power room So if it's too busy out on the floor, somebody can go into that power room and do a circuit, a cross circuit, do a cross trainer, and 35, 40 minutes, you're out the door. So our next marketing ploy right now is to do an open house with open boot camps in that room, and eventually my classes are going to be boot camps now.
1: Yeah, and that's something you could – that's definitely a good idea for – turn classes like into boot camps you know you can also bring it back and you know small group which essentially is what it would have to be anyways right like the way things are now is you know bring back the small group aspect yeah have fewer people in there but they're paying a little bit more
2: right what we're seeing we were just the older people were talking um yesterday we were talking about the the balance classes and stuff and they really like that um, so I think I'm going to bring that back, but I'm going to bring that back at a charge yeah. and it's going to be, like I said, four to five people. The other thing that you need to know, Ryan, about my club is it's an owner operator and okay. that's the only employee I have. I don't have employees of any kind. Okay. I have two independent contractors for PT services. Uh-huh. And, um, that has been very tough to do PT in the Corey area because of our economic position. Uh, um, a PT person anywhere in this, if you were a personal trainer in Corey, you could not live on personal training alone. You'd have to have another job. Uh because it, you just can't there's not enough people somebody's willing to pay maybe 50 dollars for three sessions once or twice and then that's it they're not you're not going to have a client for over six months not in Corey. and why do you think that is because they don't have enough money the money okay yeah you're you're talking about okay, people who have the money work outside of Corey. They drive 35, 40 miles to go to work and come back. And by the time, if they want to work out in Corey, they want to come in, work out and leave whenever it's convenient. So that's after work. And depending on if it's first shift or second shift, you may or may not be able to work with the PT because they may or may not be available. The second thing is that um, the people that are in town that really need that, uh, they're on assistance. Okay. 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 Yeah, I understand. yeah. I see what you mean there. Okay. So that makes it really difficult to, and that's a, one of the things that's really hard with corporate because corporate doesn't understand, you know, they're pushing PT services for owners, which is great. And some of the owners up in the Erie area, which is about, it, it, it's a small city, So we have a a couple of suburbs and stuff, and some of them are, one's doing really well with classes and getting extra money for the classes because there's a lot of stay-at-home moms in his area. The other one does a lot of PT services because there's a lot of college kids in the area he's at and they want the personal training. And so those two clubs are making more money in what you think I should be doing. I can't make any money in that. Mm-hmm. And so pushing, I have to push a different way. So I have to make my membership have some value. And that's what I'm trying to do for retention. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So looking at um,
1: getting new people in the door. Yep. What are you, what are you doing for that right now?
2: Okay. Well, one of the, the, the biggest way of getting people in the door is through word of mouth for me in this town. What people do is is they come in because somebody else referred them in here that works in my club. And the services and the equipment that I have in my club and the way I run the club um, brings those people in. That's number one. Number two is I'm in the community. I'm out in the community um, volunteering my time. I have a couple of different, there's a couple of different projects that are going on. One of them is a walking trail. It's called Rails to Trails. They're taking the old railroad track beds and turning them into walking trails. Oh, cool, cool. So Snap Fitness is involved in that. And so I get out there, and we have pretty inclement, or inclement weather up here. Um, this summer, probably, we've had less than 30 days of sun. Oh, wow. So It's raining and raining and raining, it's gonna be snowing here soon. So with the ice and the uneven and the old, I mean, we're talking about our town is, our sidewalks are something like 150 to 200 years old. So if you're an older person, you don't have, so these trails are really nice, but even in that time when it's raining, older people don't wanna come out. So what they do is they come in here and they can rock on a treadmill in here or they can do their workout with me. And that's how I get. So those are the two main components to getting people in the door for me. And I know that is completely different than anybody that's in a a suburban or urban area because what you would do there. Now I do advertise, I I have commercials. I actually film commercials that they play on the local streaming video for um, the high school sports. Because the okay. high school are big. So that's that's another way that I get them in. Um, I do a lot of corporate memberships. We have a lot of shops around here. And so my corporate memberships where they do a payroll deduction for their membership, and then they yeah. cut me a check once a month. And that that has been another way that I've done. And the thing that's really nice about that is people start not to miss the money that's coming out of their check. Yeah, and, exactly, exactly. Uh, as a business model, some of those people don't come in real regularly, but I, there's, I'm still getting paid. Um, and that's just the truth. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I'm trying, I have I have corporate sponsors, like, like if I go to a club, I'll say, or, or uh, a shop, and I'll have a shop day to get those people back into the club. So I'll, I'll put out a separate thing like where they get a free uh, either a free T-shirt or a free uh, uh, PT service or even something as simple as here's a new shaker bottle or here's a protein drink at no charge. Come back into the club on this day and start working out again. So that's how I'm doing it. I'm kind of whatever seems to work. Some things work and some things don't.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So looking, um, so that, so we've, we've covered that as far as how to get people in the door. Um, what, like, what is the relationship between you and the trainers that you have there, the ones that are
2: subcontracted? Hey, the, um, one is, uh, he's, he's a friend. Uh, I met him through the club. We, um, we kind of go to church together. Um, he does have another job. So again, he's only available at nights and weekends, but, um, he is a, a marathon runner. He's uh, a really well-built guy. He's about 30 and, um, that's good. The other trainer is my son. <laughs> okay. All right. It's a close <laughs> he's, relationship. Uh, he's, um, about five 10 and a half, 200, and between 40 and 50 pounds of solid muscle. Nice, man. Nice. So, and the focus of my gym, here's the other thing that I think for retention and bringing people in is I put money back into the club. So I bought that deadlift station. I bought a rack. I bought new accessories. I bought the hack squat. Everything is in good repair. I bought new benches. um, So, me personally, I'm a weightlifter, mm-hmm. kind of like you. I can see it. You 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 work out, yep. and um, the focus for me of putting money back into the club is more in the weightlifting side than it is on the cardio side. Now, on the cardio side, all of my cardio equipment works, and yeah. it's To date, and it's really good equipment, and that's what I train people on, especially the younger women and stuff. We have a woman's battle rope that's lighter. Mm-hmm. And that circuit with the tire flip, there's a circuit in there and a bench that actually is called an ab bench. So you can do some small weight stuff on that ab bench. So there is a part of that power room that is built specifically for young women. And so that's what we're going to start advertising here in the next month as we start shutting down from um, the, the summer. We're going to have that boot camp. We're going to have two boot camps one for the power lifters and one for the. Um, for the women, and try to get them in there and to do that. So, we're uh, my focus basically is more on the weightlifting side because that's where I love. And so, but when I train older people and women, I don't push that side. I stay on the the machine side and the cardio side.
1: Right, right, yeah, that that makes total sense. And and yeah, that that's one thing too. Like that that was kind of the, the biggest thing for for my gym too is, you know, I'm I'm a weightlifter, I've always loved it. But it, it took, uh, it took a little bit of time to realize that, you know, maybe not everyone loves it as much as I do. So right. then you kind of change your focus, you know, kind of the same way you were just talking here. Yeah. And um, that's what makes the difference. I mean, and, and of course, we're still free to do all that. And add to that part of our business. Right?
2: Well, the thing that the thing that I've learned in the last couple of years is I've been trying to move, I want to be a bigger gym um my town doesn't need another little gym we need a larger gym Mm -hmm. that has more stuff so a lot of the things and the ideas i had when i came in here two years ago i've learned really wouldn't work in my area Um, like having a, a specific dedicated space for martial arts and kickboxing and stuff like that i will never make any money on it because there's only one or two people that would ever be interested in it So the amount of space dedicated to have that done correctly would take more space away from areas where I know people would want to be. Yeah. So I've learned that there's a couple of other ideas that I want to come into if I can get to move, but it's been really in this small little town, I have not been able to move to a place where I could be bigger because of some political obstacles. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so um, so I've been dealing with that. I'm still trying to move. I'd like to be anywhere between um, seven to eleven or twelve thousand square feet. And one idea that I would like to incorporate that I still have is I would like to have um, a climbing wall area. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've um, saw those in gyms before. Yeah. And the other thing that's really good about that is that's interesting is, is there's a club out there. Well, I don't want to say it, but that is that's their focus. And they're right. in, into the Erie area, which is a town. And we're like I said, that's people aren't going to drive 35 miles in a snowstorm to go climb a wall. Yeah, that's true. So if I have something similar to that in my area, they might drive two miles during a snowstorm to do that. Okay, yeah, I see where you're going with that, yeah. There's there's a local guy who's really into climbing, and what he would like to do is to have some competitions between where he has a climbing wall and where I would have a climbing wall and kind of get some competitions going and stuff. And again, people like to do a lot of hiking on boulders and stuff in the area that we live in. And climb, there's a lot of little rock faces and stuff you can do. But again, you can't do that all year, and you can't do it in the winter. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Cool. One idea that I'm still still kind of tossing about, but basically, I just like to be bigger and offer more more benches, more barbells, more um, uh, you know uh, flat bench areas and stuff like that to be able to get more people to work out and still feel comfortable and not cramped. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I, I'm looking at your club in the background, and yeah, um, uh, my club is so much more condensed yeah
1: um, let's see our that's our our main room and the main room is 9600 square feet yeah um and there's we have like a powerlifting room that's 2000 square feet and our group fitness room is um 1800 so sure. everything kind of like spread out
2: basically Right, and so you're looking at probably, now, I see in the background on the floor, are those mats or is that um, grass area right there behind Uh, you? uh, Yeah, this is turf. Okay, so that's for your band um, self-weight area?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it it actually goes, if you can see my mouse there, it starts here and comes like all the way back here. So it's it's 40 yards wall to wall, Um, but a lot lot of people use it for,
2: what's that? You do skids on that?
1: Yeah, yeah. People have, uh, we have sleds, um, the prowler sleds that people do on there. Um, it's it's good for farmer's walks,
2: you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Right. And see, that's the kind of stuff I can't offer here because I don't have the room. Um, the tire flip that I'm talking about is just a half a tire. It's 100 pounds. You flip it from side to side. Yeah, I saw that. And you can add 80 pounds to it. So you can get up to 180 pounds. And the members and themselves just did a um, a tire flip challenge all by themselves in that room. And um, so that's the one thing that's really interesting about this club. Um, we all look out for each other. Yeah, so when people awesome. walk into the club, even if I'm not here, if they look lost, somebody will walk up to them and ask them what they need or try to help them and and make them feel welcome Um, if they need to learn how to change a a seat position on a machine or how to change or start the treadmill or something like that there's a I have a great story just before you leave I had a I was working out it was my off time I was working out over at one part of the gym and um, about 30 feet away from me on a elliptical was a teenager that was finishing up his his workout a high school kid and in front of him was a woman trying to set a a seated elliptical try to set the seat and she was struggling with it and before I could get up and do walk across the gym I saw in the mirror the kid jump off the tread or off his elliptical and go help that 60 year old woman and he was like 16 years old. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I love to see that. Yeah. So we're we're the biggest thing for Snap in Corey is this we're a community. And I know that sounds really weird and that's kind of different, but we all kind of watch out for each other. And I have members that actually watch out for me. And if something's going on and I can't be in the club, they will clean for me and they will take care of the club and make sure everything's good. So I, I feel really blessed to be here, but it's a completely different model than what you, you're you probably talking to for the majority of your podcasts. Um,
1: Honestly, it, it's really not. So, well, right. it's different, but like a lot of the podcasts, so we've just really started with gyms, like open membership gyms um, this month, really, or last month. So usually we're talking to like boutique gyms that uh you know or, or crossfit gym something like that right. so yeah we've we've had a few snap fitnesses on here lately um so it's uh um, yeah we're actually taking more of these podcasts where before like we we weren't uh we weren't featuring you guys on the show but now right. um so we're moving more in that direction so this is uh yeah i've, I've had a, a few gyms that that have been like this for sure
2: That's good. Well, that's the one thing that I have seen change in the last three years from corporate is um, their their sense of building a community and making people feel good as opposed to, um, hey, let's just get money, 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 you know, or or to promote out there with fitness models as opposed to they're trying to use more of our regular memberships in their advertising and stuff. So we've got all different body shapes and sizes and ages and stuff, which is what's going on in the club. But they're really trying to put out there that it's more about how you feel and a sense of community, and that's what we've done here in this club. And we fit right into their new model so well that um, it's it's actually very fun to watch them uh, grow as a new marketing strategy, mm-hmm. which actually, to me, is more customer service oriented, which is where I am. And I just think if people feel like. You're not going to get judged when you go in the gym. And that's the biggest thing that I have is this. I, I do not have. This is really weird. You know, you have a power room, right? Yeah. Okay. And you got a lot of, you know, beefy guys in there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes beefy guys can, you know, language gets a little out of control. Yeah. 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 That doesn't happen here. And the reason why that doesn't happen is because we have some older people that are in the club right alongside those guys. Uh uh And it's all open. And because we don't have a dedicated room for that. And the thing that I like about it is they're working out better. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a real friendly club in here. And it's really, and to me, I think that's my number one marketing strategy. That's the way I'm going to get retention. That's the way I'm going to get more people in here is by the fact that we just have this really good atmosphere here. Mm-hmm. And I can tell by the way, the look in your gym, your atmosphere is really good too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's definitely huge. Yeah. So, well, Bob, we are getting towards the end of our podcast, so um I really appreciated you hopping on today, despite our technical difficulties. We made it work, man, and um, I, I really appreciate the time that you put in today. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast, or you would, um, and if you're a gym owner and you like to, uh, you'd like to be a guest of the podcast, click the link in the description. Apply to be a guest. And for the ones that just want to listen to more podcasts, please click the subscribe button.
0: You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another
3: episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I am your host Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Anytime Fitness in Arlington, Washington, Mr. Zach Fullweiler. How are you doing today, sir?
4: Good, man. How are you?
3: I am great. Happy to have you on. Excited to hear more about how you're running your location, your franchise up there. So let's get into it. Tell us about your your flavor of Anytime Fitness out there in Arlington.
4: Yeah, so we're in we're in a small a small uh, smaller community. Um, uh, the reason that I went with anytime fitness is because we have um, a lot of swing shifters, um, people that work early in the morning, so a twenty four hour gym was uh, ideal um, to give everybody that option to to come in when it's convenient for them, people with kids, et cetera. Uh, and and being able to to create a a really cool environment for our members. Awesome, awesome. So you're here. you're
3: um you're about two two years or so into owning this. It's a, it's an any time that you built from the ground up. You put your spin on it. You laid it out the way you wanted. But let's go back a little before that, right? You have a, a different career that's also um, unrelated to fitness. So let's get your backstory a little bit, how that led to you owning the facility, what that looked like, and then we'll go from there.
4: Sounds good. Yeah. So I have a real estate background. So um, currently and in- Well, sold real estate then and still sell now. And at the end of 2017, a partner of mine, he uh, was putting in a new building in the town that we live in. And uh, he asked me or told me that I should open up a gym in the new commercial building that he was putting in. And uh, I thought he was crazy. And um, I looked into it a bit and it, was a real challenge with my current schedule but um and that's where the franchise came into is at the end of the day this is long story short but um having some guidance into opening a gym not just a you know with a with the coach at, at corporate helping me teaching me the right ways to do things um that was my reason for for picking a franchise um the the little town that we live in it was funny because when the building was going in um Everybody in the town was super upset that a big corporate business anytime fitness was coming to town. Um, but being from here, and then people realizing that actually, I am local, um, it helped big time. but um, yeah, it's been that's kind of how this whole thing started. And then um, three years later, after the building was built and designed the gym, we opened. Um, and then a month after we opened, we shut down for Covid. So uh, we we powered through.
3: You you led right into where I was gonna bring with uh, the big C as we sometimes yeah. refer to it. So you're open for a month, right? You feel like you got some momentum. All right, we're doing this. And then COVID happens. There's not a whole lot that you can do to pivot in any time fitness franchise when you're shut down. So what did that look like for you? Did you just put everybody on hold? Were there a lot of cancellations? How did you maintain, and how long did it last for
4: you? Yeah, so we a month after we had a great pre-sale, we opened. Everybody was excited that there was a new gym in town, and then bam, we got the word that uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be shutting down. So the first go around, um, obviously with the unknown, we we did shut down. We were shut down for about a month and a half. Um, members were very supportive, which was awesome, um, but it was tough. Uh, and then we reopened for a couple months, and then the second wave came, and we and we shut down again. But that second shutdown, um, actually, with our throughout our community, people were just begging us to stay open during the second shutdown, which, from a business standpoint, easier said than done but we actually did. We kind of just stood stood our ground, and we have a super, super clean facility all the time, um, which is very important, and we uh, we stayed open uh, about halfway through that second wave. We just stayed open, and I've been open since, um, and it's it's been great. We did have, we gave the option to members to freeze their accounts, um, obviously, um, and a lot of people did, but a lot of people just stuck with us, and so if it wasn't for them, we, we probably wouldn't still be open with everything that's been going on, but yeah we we powered through and made it made happen
3: yeah it's always great when you you feel like you have a community established you feel like people are going to support you and then the chips go down and then it's like oh, oh they really are with me yeah this is great i'm going to keep doing what i've been doing <laughs> this is this is this is good times so glad to hear it right glad that you had that support that you had that right right from the get go because man Obviously, who could have foretold what was going to happen? And, and you know, a lot of our, you know, a third, right? statistically, a third of our gym brothers and sisters didn't make it through the other side of COVID. And, and granted, there, there are probably some businesses who may have been teetering on the edge anyway, or there were some people who took it as an opportunity to get out of the lease or, you know, go into a different career. So, you know, that may be a little inflated, but even if it's 25% or 10%, still, you know, we know we're never going to serve All the people that need us right there's there's room there's always more people. Um, So you come in your new facility in town right and there is there's always a need for people to have a new space or a different space to work out how did you attract clients on your pre sale and, and how have you done it since.
4: So the biggest thing was direct contact. So literally, uh, two or three months before we opened, it was it was going around to neighborhoods, it was going around to all the local businesses in town. Um, it was it was just really putting out the word that a new that a new uh, gym was coming and and that we were indeed local, even though people saw the corporate Anytime Fitness coming to town. So just showing that we're local, the whole staff is local. Um And the the direct face-to-face was what was successful for us. Being a part of the community was a huge one, which we still participate in community events often. Um, But, and of course we, we did, we did hit Facebook hard and Instagram hard, but um, the the biggest one was the face-to-face, you know, letting people know who we were and that we weren't indeed just a corporate business coming in to open a gym to, to make money. It was, it was really young local people that were opening this gym. Absolutely.
3: When you say that you hit Facebook hard, you hit Instagram hard, we get two different interpretations of what people mean by that. Were you on just the organic side, just doing a ton of posts or are you doing paid advertising, just, just feeding the Zuckerberg machine, uh, you know, <laughs> dollar after dollar?
4: It was, it was mainly just staying consistent with posts daily, but we, we did do, we did do paid ads. I mean, I had, um, uh, some friends come in and do, you know, professional videos that we would pay pay to boost on Facebook, which was huge because we reached a lot of people with that. But it was more just staying consistent daily on from ground up. Like I was I was posting on Facebook when the foundation was being poured of the building, and so that lead up to people being able to follow the process of what really goes into opening the gym and not just seeing it when it's done. Um, that that was cool for people to watch. So. Um, yeah, just, just staying consistent, consistent, consistent all the time was, was important.
3: Perfect. Perfect. And I know one of the things, you know, anytime provides structure, but they also provide freedom. They give you, they give you room to operate the way that you want to in a lot of instances. So it's always a little bit different. Now that you're there, you're established, you still have people on a regular basis that are seeking a gym, whether they Google it or they see you on social media, whatever when somebody raises their hand in, in whatever way, shape, or form that is, what's the process that you have in place to take somebody from showing some interest into becoming a member and beyond of the facility?
4: Um, the biggest one is just follow-up. So following up with those people that are raising their hands. So um, getting somebody inside the door, having them sit, showing them the facility number one, um, having them set a fitness consultation with one of our trainers um, which is free, um, so a half hour to an hour with a with a personal trainer, um, which includes a body analysis, finding out um, their background, where they want to be in the next three months, six months, a year, um, and then just showing them the facility and introducing ourselves to them um, and letting them know that we're here for them 24 hours a day. I mean, our our coaches, every member has 24/7 access to um, a coach, and so them knowing that and building relationships—that's that's where we want to start from the very beginning.
3: Perfect. Perfect. And then you offer the 24 seven access people, self-service, but you also have other levels of service that you offer, right? You have personal training, you have group training. What's the process look for, is it just people, you know, you have a, a menu out, you advertise that you have it, are people just coming to you? Is there a process for getting people to try personal training, to try your group training? And if so, what does that look like?
4: Yeah, so we, we really um, push for coaching and training um, just so that, so that not only the, the member, but the trainers can see the progress for the members. But yeah, we have different packages. So we have an in-person uh, coaching package. We have a hybrid coaching package. Um, then we have a virtual, uh, virtual coaching package. And then we just have our DIY program, which is do-it-yourself. So come in, you have 24-7 access. With that, just the do-it-yourself um, membership, though, you still we still have um, our members do a, a body analysis, and then they still actually have a coach assigned to them that can kind of help them if 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 they decide they need it in the future. But um, coach the coaching and seeing true progression is is really what we aim for, just mainly for the members. I mean, if you come in and work out on a treadmill for 15 minutes a day and you don't see results after a month, it's it's important to sit down and uh, and get that figured out and, and meet your goals.
3: Okay. So you give the body analysis and it's, it's great, right? Data. It doesn't matter whatever somebody thinks, you know, it's, it is a lot about people's self-perception or what, how they feel like other people perceive them. But if you want to track progress, data is great. Have you ever done or considered anything like uh, a free session with a trainer or a discounted session with a trainer or a package to onboard? And if so, how have you executed that?
4: Yep, so with the group training, as, as most people probably know, it can be intimidating walking into a group with people you don't know. So the first, the, the first um, group training class with, with our different options, which we have a few different group training classes, is free. So they can come in and try it out for the hour-long class. If they love it, great. Um, if not, we have other options. But um, it, giving them a free run at it rather than just pushing the money for them to join without knowing what's going to happen in that class. Um, that's that's how we get people tend to get people going in group training is to is to let them know what it's all about and come in and be be with your trainer and meet new friends and meet accountability partners and all that stuff. Fantastic, fantastic.
3: So, statistically, do you track what percentage of people, goal, and who are taking who are trying your your extra services your personal training or your group training? Is it something that you're to the point where you're watching yet? Or is it
4: just still pure growth and seeing where people fall in? No, we, we being new to this whole industry, we I, at first I didn't, but yes, we are now. We do have a system that me and my manager go over. Um, she she runs that day to day, but um yes, we are tracking, we are tracking every member who decides to start personal training. And not only that, but like I said before, all of their um accomplishments from month to month. So once a month they'll come in and, and do another body analysis and see their progress. So um yes, all that's being tracked.
3: Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah. what about other services? And I'm in this. I am not sure where Anytime gives you the the freedom. Um, do you do or offer or refer any nutrition coaching? Do you sell any supplements? Are you into the apparel to any degree? Ancillary services. What does that look like for you?
4: Yeah, we do have we do have apparel that we have made. Um, supplements we haven't we haven't we've we've tossed around that idea which i've asked other owners about if if that's um something that we should be doing um but yeah i mean we have apparel and all and all that kind of stuff we're just since i'm so new it's i'm just learning the grounds really right so we got to our membership count in order to pay our bills quickly which is great but now that we've hit that mark we're just really focusing on on getting the coaching programs up and built and um and kind of, kind of just learning as we go. Mm-hmm.
3: And is nutrition coaching ever going to be something that's going to be in the works for an offering also?
4: Yeah, that's what I missed. So, yep, actually a couple of our couple of our, well, all three of our trainers, um, I, I don't, since I'm not uh, in that field, I can't remember what the degree is or the, the class that you have to take, but yes, they are. They do have their nutrition background. So they <laughs> uh, have begun to set up, you know, meal planning and stuff like that for their clients. yet.
3: So you're really aiming as you progress and it is still a fairly new business and there was the COVID. So even that it's even though it's two years, it's really not two full years, yeah. um, but you really want to offer. It sounds like you're all about what value can I offer where, where it's not just how many things can I try to sell people? It's how much value can I add? How can I help them get the best results?
4: Yeah, exactly, and that's where that's where the stuff like um, selling uh, selling things at the gym. It, that, that's exactly where I'm at. Will that Will that help? Will that help? Um, you know, the clients that are walking out and want to have a protein shake on the way out the door. That's that's stuff that we're looking into now.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So you do have you're past the point of having your feet wet. You've seen that this thing works. You've seen what the franchise model looks like. You've seen what you know, where you can position yourself. You're in a smaller town. It's your first foray into this. What does it lead you? What do you think the future is going to hold? Are you going to be a a one location franchisee? Has it made you want to go further into the fitness business, whether with another franchise or something you do independently? What's the, what are the things you think about? You know, your head hits the pillow at night and you're like, yeah, we're doing this and you have your real estate thing. So I'm sure that that keeps you real busy too. But once, once you're an entrepreneur, right, there's always something else. There's always, you know, I'm going to get this thing going. i am make sure that it's, it's healthy, but what's after that.
4: So we're, I'm in, I'm in just shy of 5,000 square feet here in this facility Um, there. It's possible that I could grow uh, another couple thousand square feet in this building, um, if i can do some convincing so um, growing this facility would be my number one priority just to make it a little bit bigger um, and moving forward with another with another gym what's cool about this is which i never realized what happened real estate's rewarding the, a gym owning and and getting to know your members and watching them literally change their lives has been the most rewarding thing i've done 31 years old um, and so truly caring about the people that walk through the door every day has been the most rewarding thing that I've, that I've ever done in my life. Um, not just, you know, yes, memberships, you got to pay the bills, but it's become more than just great. We got 10 more members today. Um, walking with me, walking around the gym and just saying hi to people and asking them how their day is going is, is huge. It's huge. And so it's been rewarding. I don't know what the future holds. If I'm going to, going to open another gym or not, locations are tough to find. Um, but if, if the time came, I would, I probably would, I would probably open another one.
3: Locations can be tough to find, but I hear you know a guy in real estate, so yeah. <laughs> you have a leg up on the on the competition there. And and I think really, if you look at it, one of the things that you said is you know the the fulfillment, what you get from the interaction with clients, and you get a piece of that in real estate, right? You sell somebody their their dream home, you sell somebody the place that they're going to raise their family. But unfortunately, it's probably only once or twice that you'll ever have those interactions with them where in the gym atmosphere, it can be several times a week, multiple times a month, you can see things going on and and you can build those ongoing relationships. So I think it's there are two sides of the coin. They're huge milestone moments in people's lives, right? buying buying homes is is really the biggest investment most of us will ever make, right? Or when you're working commercial property, seeing somebody, maybe like you, who's going to buy something and and start their dream business. So it's going to be, you know, just, just one hit after another for you of, of both sides that you're serving. So I love that you recognize the difference and find, find new fulfillment and new excitement in this too. So that, that is great to hear. So we are just about out of time, sir. My last question before we let you go, um, it's been a couple of years. If you could go back and pick one lesson that you've learned or one thing that you would tell yourself going into it, what do you think it would be?
4: Um, I think that if I were going to go back as we move into 2022, um, as I mentioned before, getting into the coaching and, and um, with the, with making people actually progress in their day-to-day lives, if I could go back and um, not focus so much on just getting the money coming through the door and starting that from, from the beginning, that's what I would do differently. I would have started the coaching and the personal training right out before we even opened the doors. Um, because it's made it a little bit of a difficult transition to go from getting all the members in the door and then offering that training. i would I would say that if that that would be my that's what I would do if I would go back. i would I would start the coaching right out of the gate.
3: Awesome, awesome. So listen up. if you if you missed a little bit of that, if you're listening, hit the rewind button, go back a minute and listen to that because I think it's super valuable advice. If you're gonna do it, just be ready to do it from day one. It's never too late, right? But right now is always the best time. So I appreciate your time, sir. It's been a pleasure having you here today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. You are welcome, sir. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending some time with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. As always, if you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you. We're dropping these things on a regular basis. If you want to be on the show, talk about your model your experience, your entrepreneurial journey, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS
2: on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we have Nick Bach. Nick, how's it going, buddy? Ryan, great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, man, absolutely. So let's go ahead and kind of dive right into it. So uh, what's the name of your facility and where are you guys located at?
5: Yep, uh, I own CrossFit Southpaw in Mountain Minnesota, suburb of the Twin Cities.
1: Okay, awesome, man. And how long you guys been in business?
5: Been uh, about two and a half years, uh, two years and five months, I think the exact. Okay, um, all
1: right.
5: Uh, been a ride and an adventure we're enjoying so far.
1: Okay. Awesome, man. And so a little bit of background, man, like what got you wanting to uh, be a, be a gym owner and join this crazy world? Yeah. Great question.
5: Um, It's uh, you know, you could probably get into all the nuances of it, but similar to most people um, CrossFit had a big impact on my life. And I love, I was a coach at the time uh, working in a gym and I loved, working with others. I hadn't been in more of the corporate side of things. I was in politics for a while and never felt fulfilled. And when I was coaching and interacting with people who became my friends or clients, however you want to look at that, another thing to dive into, uh, I felt called right. And I saw things happening in the fitness industry as a whole, or at least our cleavage of it that I felt could be improved. And, mm-hmm. uh, there were transitions that were happening at the gym that I was at. And uh long story short, I was looking at other options and uh this is where we're at today.
1: Awesome man. So kind of give me uh so give me a rundown. Like um like how many members do you guys currently have right now? Around about well
5: yeah, so we've uh July was a, a super dry month. Um and then end of August I was Just talking with our head coach about it, um, we added, I think, uh, 15 or 16 people in the past uh, couple of weeks here. So it's been with no paid advertising right now. I think some of it is seasonal um, uh, referrals, et cetera. But we're, we're right around 170. I'm not sure the exact number. And that's, you know, as I've heard people talk about before, that number can be deceiving because. You have some coaching memberships in there. You have punch cards. You have the traditional ones, which um, but it's it's a it's a nice ballpark and it adds to the better, the, the bigger picture you uh, as
1: a whole. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And thank you for clarifying on that too. Cause I think a lot of times people, they say their numbers, they just look in their system, you know, whatever they use and they see it, but they really don't break down like, you know, like how much your punch card, how many are our coach memberships. You know what I mean? So so I like that you differentiated that for us right there.
5: Yeah, I mean, it can it can look real, real <laughs> sweet on the back of a napkin, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then you bring it down, and uh, you know, you go into merchant processing fees and all of that, and uh, it's a different ballgame.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. And um, square footage wise, how, uh, what's the size of your facility? Yeah, so we have about five thousand square feet. Oh,
5: nice, man. Yeah, one big room, uh, uh, two bathrooms and a shower, and then a lot of open space. We have a kids area, and then we have a, a Back room where we run out of, we had, we were subleasing to a physical therapist. And I, I share that because I think it's about a 3,500, 1,500 breakdown roughly. But okay. we're currently in the process. Uh, he moved out, he's got a good start and opened his own place. And so we're kind of trying to figure out do we take the wall down? Do we, you know, what we use that back room for? So we utilize probably 3,500 on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, you know, less in operational costs. I mean, your lease is a huge part of that.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's uh, that's a good point. So, yeah, you guys definitely have room to grow and, you know, as far as, you know, within the facility and, you know, just to give you uh, some numbers, like industry average is right around 2,000, 2,200 square feet. So you guys are definitely above industry average, you know, in terms of square footage of your facility.
5: I didn't know that. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Now, uh, how much are you in the business right now? Do you coach a lot, or or do you um, just a little bit, or or how's that working out?
5: Great question, because that's, um, I feel like I'm kind of in the stage. When we first opened, I coached all the morning classes for a while, then I got a little help with it. I was there all the time covering classes, and I've dialed it back a little bit recently. I coached uh, two mornings and one evening shift, and then Saturdays uh, every other week currently I was doing two evening shifts and I'm doing a um, a course right now enlisted if we know about them and um, but that's on one of the days that I was covering and so it's kind of been a test run because I'm not there all that much in the evening as to what happens if I dial back a little bit. So I'm I'm figuring that out what my role needs to be or should be. Yeah. If I can help them do more by transitioning more into a managerial phase.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's a good point. And it, it kind of it's kind of like, you know, sometimes, you know, when, when you first get into it, it doesn't feel like you're much of an owner, right? It feels kind of like you're a slave to your business. And, you know, as, as time goes on and you can start, you know, passing opportunities, you know, down the line, you have a good staff in place, you know, getting to that managerial role and then getting to the owner role. Like that's kind of the ultimate success, you know, ultimate goals for, for a lot of people that we talk to. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're looking to do too.
5: Yeah. And that's, that's something that's really shifted, Ryan. I, I got into this because I love coaching, but I have found that I, I love business Um, out of high school. I was idealistic. And I, I thought everyone who studied business wanted to just, you know, make a bunch of money and trample on the little man and, uh, since I've gotten into it, man, it's just, uh, it's fascinating. And I, I love, uh, different theories and trying different things putting it in practice, but it, it really, um, you know, I'll, I'll probably always coach a, a little bit, but what that exact role will look like. My yeah. my goal with coaching is to bring on people who are better than I am. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: I don't want to be replaced by i high standard and focus on things that I really, um, well
1: wow. yeah yeah that's interesting too um you know and i lo- i love the fact that you're willing to do that and bring people on that that are better at coaching than you because i think a lot of gym owners um and i was there in the beginning like you have a little bit of an ego right like you think you're the best at everything but as time goes on you see that you can't be the you know the one all be all at your facility and if you really want to grow and you really want to be successful especially on the business side of things Um, you know you have to you have to get some really great talent in there other than yourself yeah yeah so
5: that's been you know and those are uh, we have some phenomenal people right now but that's been one of those things that you got to be willing to make tough calls sometimes yeah it's not pleasant there are people that you may bring on with the best of intentions and they have the best of intentions but it, it, it doesn't fit your culture or it doesn't fit where you want to go or, or something about the style doesn't match it and mm-hmm. that's tough um and I still want to avoid them but you you, you got to confront them and I think that those are typically the times that start to gradually set you apart
1: it is it is and usually I found when you do that and you have those hard conversations that's what takes you up to the next level and not only as a person but a business owner as well and you know I'm I'm a pretty big believer Like, you know, at my gym, we've had a lot of turnover in staff, but, you know, I think that there's, you know, you get people in the business and at the time when they're hired in, you know, they may have been a good fit for what the role needed to be at that time. But as the business grows, you know, maybe this person just isn't, isn't able to grow into it and you never want to force growth, you know, because (laughs) if you do that and they don't really want to grow and they may not be a good fit for the role. It it just attracts from not only the business but you know the person your personal relationships as well. See
5: that's that's a good point and um, it reminds me of one of the CrossFit Greg Glassman Eric Rosa thing like they needed Glassman to get started to get off the ground they needed this bullish personality um, that focused on competition they transition to someone who's more of a savvy. Businessman who's taking companies to the next level and i think that's the perfect example of it you know it's framed as the personality but it was really the the, the type of bi- the business that was becoming the growth of the business
2: yeah
5: um, it reminds me of something alex shared something that really had an impact on on me and that he shared tell people the things that you would say behind their back right <laughs> the thing behind their back connect right their face right and he, yep. he's good at that stuff but like, seriously, it's like, Hey, you came in, you've been great, but the business is kind of going a different direction. And I don't see that lining up with where you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's just a conversation to have. And hopefully they're rational. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it can, it can relieve stress for both of you because they probably know it as well.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's such a good, and I'm glad that you've, you know, listened to some of Alex's content too, you know, because those little nuggets right there are so valuable and, You know, one thing I found, I've done this, I've done this the wrong way and I've done it the right way. And, you know, when you keep someone in a role too long, like you said, you know it, they know it. But what you're also doing, you know, you may think that, oh, I can't fire this person or I can't let them go because they won't have a job. But at the same time, you might be holding them back from something else that could be better for them than their current situation.
5: And that being said, too, you know, there's also... And this is something that I've had to, to grapple with and, and, you know, take some lessons from is that uh, I also have some great staff members who maybe we're not vibing at the moment, but it's because of something that I'm doing. I'm not communicating well, right? Yep. It's really yep. in the gym atmosphere, like, I see our, our clients or members much more than I see our coaches, which is very different than a lot of industries where you're around your coworkers every day in the, in the water cooler, you know, whatever yeah. it happens right the next so um yeah you, ha- you have to be aware of that and those nuances are tough to put um to, to kind of quantify right there's more of this interpersonal dynamic but being willing to admit mistakes being willing to admit that other ways are viable as well and and to hold your ground sometimes you know explain your thinking and there's there needs to be this balance and um again, something Alex said is it's not an either or, it's not a dichotomy, it's a stance between the middle of where does it where does it happen to fall that day or that week or that month.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, like, you know, anything that happens in your business, you know, it, and it's always your fault, right? Like, you know, whether it's a communication cycle or something, you know, it all falls on us as the owners. And the fact that you realize that, and I think you're ahead of the game. You know, because a lot of people want to play, you know, the blame game and things like that. But, you know, as well as I do, that doesn't get you shit, you know, in, in terms of growth and, you know, problem resolution.
5: Yeah. I'd imagine, too, um, as more of a, a big box owner, Ryan, that you have, I mean, your your HR, the, the amount of time you spend on HR, especially having grown to a level, is probably pretty significant. Mine is, is much less with, you know, one full-time and, yeah, part time, right?
1: Really. Yeah,
5: it's not something it comes up on a regular basis, but it's really easy to let it go to the back burner.
1: and yeah. then all of
5: a sudden you're making these moves, and you know, coaches don't know about it, and you should have communicated that much earlier in the process.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and that's that's a good point you made too, because you know as far as volume goes, like you know we have a lot more volume than than a lot of other gyms. You know, a typical CrossFit model or just a, a boutique gym. So you know with, with the law of numbers, right? Like you're going to have more problems with, with that many people. So yeah, that was a big part for me was to internalize a process, you know, to handle escalations, you know, anything like that to where it's not like people messaging me or texting me and my staff has no idea what's going on. So that's a good point. Cause that was a big problem for me. Um, you know, a few years ago.
5: It's tough. And I think, you know, you can read about it and learn about it academically, but you have to kind of go through the fire to experience it and and to learn the nuances of how you would handle it or, uh, you know, what to do in this situation. And then the growth that happens talking to people who have been there, who have been through it can be so much more valuable than reading a textbook.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. So, um, let's kind of look at like, as far, like, as far as you guys getting new members in the door right now, um, what are you doing as far as advertising and offers to get people to come in? Great question. Because I was, uh,
5: yeah, I'm very seriously to talk about this. I've realized recently that we don't do any front, we haven't done any front end off. We've done some marketing stuff. We've done some limited ones like a, a CrossFit starter path, right, where they get yeah. like, a jump rope and, t-shirt and protein or whatever. But what if what an essential part of the equation that is and we didn't do discounts for a long time because i was adhering to the you know apple model of uh you know we don't do discounts because it's a premium service and i there are other ways that don't involve money but i'm i'm wrestling with that right now um to figure out what our next chapter is going to look like here Mm-hmm. Uh, we do organic now. We post daily. I've recently uh, started a podcast and work with a team of uh, VAs, virtual assistants who help publish. And that's been huge for me of just uh, unloading that from my plate. Um, but it is tough to keep the messaging directed and our brand on point when I'm overviewing versus doing it directly. Yeah. Again, it's finding balance as we grow but uh we haven't run paid advertising um in a few months now we i messed around with google i've taken courses on facebook yeah Uh, that always limited uh limited success serious success one of the best things though that we've done is invest in uh, a crm where leads come in and then they're you know they get immediate messages we can follow up with them our staff's on the same page but then they're getting regular emails from us and they get to see our name right and we've had a lot of people that they don't come in on first on the first bite but they come in five six seven touches down yeah um, and that's the lesson and I think you know referral program it's one thing to have one it's another to implement it and to continually talk about it right so I I try to mention it periodically so our members know about it. It's one of those things that's really easy to like have, and I'm aware of it as the owner, but no one else really knows it's there. How that's effective right. it is, I don't know. Um, I should quantify that probably. So I don't know if that answers your question well, but that's kind of yeah, what does. we've been doing I'm curious about it.
1: Yeah. And, and that, that's really, it's funny that you mentioned that about the referral program. Um, you know, and like we can say there's a referral program. And like Alex says, a lot of times we need to be reminded more than we need to be taught. So you can say there's a referral program and you might talk about it for a week or so. And one thing that I've found is when you don't like consciously, you know, say, talk about the referral program, hey, we have the referral program, you know, and just remind people they they might have thought it it was just like, you know, some kind of special you were running. Right. So as long as they know that that's like an ongoing thing that really changes the ball game, in my opinion, you know, as far as getting constant and consistent referrals.
5: Well, and I did something interesting um, recently is I took our referral program and I made it part of the initial like splinter stack offer. So when people sign up, it's like something that they unlock. Right. So it, yeah. it takes this program that's beneficial for the gym but it, it makes it like this um, this commodity that they only have access to once they're members, which is true, but it's just writing it on paper, right? And I got that from Alex's stuff. Um, with- yeah. But I've actually gotten questions from these new members that we've had in the past few weeks here. I've had people be like, oh, I get that access to that now. It's like, yeah, of course you do, right? <laughs> right. Um. But it just, I've been looking at that and how do we offer our unlimited membership and how do you, how do you lay it out so that it's more it's more attractive right it's more of a fun end offer i don't know if that's the right verbiage but yep. you know you get to lay it out more and, and people see more of what they get rather than you get this membership and this is what it is
1: yeah awesome man and and i love that too the the unlock thing it's kind of like it's like in a video game right like whenever you get to unlock like a secret character like it's like holy shit like i get to do this now and uh, and people it's it's such a value thing and the splinter stack is genius and i love that you're implementing that too well
5: it's been recent and that's because of stuff i learned from uh from alex's stuff and he you know I, I, and that's where i think it's helpful he's he's a guy who's been through the trenches and he's got to his level but you can, you can learn the things that he did to get where he is now i don't i don't Believe that our GM necessarily would, would do super well with the, the um, certain offers that he's run, but the principles yeah. remain and how you package things. And the, the constant, like, we need to constantly learn. Like, I know more now than I did two and a half years ago, but I still have so much to go. And that's, what I think, when you can develop that mindset, that hunger to learn and to try things out. And rather than just saying, like, well, this is our this is what I do. And, and I don't know. I don't think that mindset goes anywhere. I see that all the time in these Facebook groups or, or whatever. And it's just it's disheartening, but it also is like, all right, well, you can keep doing that and we'll do our work here. Yeah, right? exactly. And to go around.
1: Yeah. COVID kind of uh, smacked everyone in the face as far as that goes about having to do other things. Right. So it's uh, yeah, you got to grow or die, you know, at the end of the day. And I think that, you know, affirmed that more than anything that I've ever seen in the industry.
5: Ryan, have you, um, I know this changes seasonally, uh, cyclically, whatever, but have you seen certain offers that tend to outperform other ones on a general level, discounts or packages that you put together? And I know there's a whole science behind it, but are there, there tend to be industry standards, so to speak?
1: Yeah, really. And and the thing about that is, you know, it's not so much about, you know, a different offer. It's just a lot of times it just comes down to repackaging the offer that you already have and, um, you know, a different wrapper, so to speak. And and that's the big thing. I think that, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have this shiny object syndrome and we want to change things. You know, we, we might get bored, but, you know, as Alex says, do the boring work, um, you know, yeah and repeat successful actions. So really until something completely stops working, you know, because some ad copy, ad copy will die out and headlines, you know, will not be as effective. But a lot of that just comes down to, you know, implementing, implementing new little strategies, maybe changing a few words here and there and, and really just making it, you know, an offer they can't refuse. You know, if you want to talk to the and Godfather, right. You know, make them an offer they can't refuse. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, for sure, man. Now, as far as our it's time, less, on...
5: I was gonna say it's less about a particular offer, find the one that works for you, and then you can re- reframe it based on events or whatever's going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. And yeah, just a different wrapper, just you know, just a different package, basically. Um, you know, like a Christmas present, right? Like, you know, I don't know. Um, do you have kids? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Santa Claus has a different wrapper, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Different Uh packaging. So it's, it's kind of the same theory there. That's great. Yeah. Well, man, we are running out of time on the podcast. So one thing I'd like to ask everyone at the end, um, you know, like within the next year, what does growth look like for you? Like, where do you want to be in a year from now?
5: Good question, Ryan. I was just uh, thinking about this and I need to quantify it a little bit, but, a big thing for me is that we have um, a, a consistent lead acquisition strategy or right. a consistent client acquisition strategy right that if we need members, we can turn it on and know that you know we can fill fill those holes. yeah I'm also in the process of of building out um, a, a, a better retention system essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are a lot of creative things that you can do and I get in my cross yeah. And put the blinders on, but there's so many cool things out there direct mail, you know, just things you can do to highlight people. But I, I need to systemize those, and I, okay. that's something that I can take on and I can do real intensely for three or four months and I get burned out. So, how to systemize both of those processes, right? So, it's just growing. We have yeah. people coming in, we have people who are happy with yeah. um, I've changed paradigm a little bit from wanting to be a a huge 300 400 person mega crossfit gym to you know wanting to stay in that 150 or 200 um but how do we deliver and fill and maximize uh, our benefit and value to our members within that
1: absolutely great stuff nick Um, nick thank you man so much for being a guest on the podcast today um i know that our listeners are going to get value from this and i enjoyed the conversation thanks a lot ryan yeah And for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast or you would like to be a guest in the podcast, click the like and subscribe button. And if you want to be a guest, uh, click the link in the description to apply. Until next time, Jim Lords out.